Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to episode three of the Black Dad Chronicles. My name is Courtney. I am your host. And today's episode, we are going to get in to regrets. And if you have them, big regrets, little regrets, you know, um, whatever type of regrets you have, we're going to talk about it. So I consider myself as a guy who likes to live without regrets. I try not to let anything bother me. I try not to... If I make a mistake, I see the mistake, I try to fix the problem and move on. I try not to regret a single thing, but I do have to say that I do have one regret and one major regret, uh, because it was a career choice that was made for me. Oh, excuse me. It was a, I'm sorry. It was a career choice that I made. Um, and had I saw what was coming down the line, I mean, I would have not made this decision. I would have chose to go in another way. Um, but anyway, I, I do feel like I have one single solitary regret. Um, well, actually two, two small, but one small, one big. Um, but before I get into that, I want to just thank everybody who continues to spend 30 minutes with me listening to the podcast, uh, downloading the podcast, liking, sharing the podcast. Um, so I just want to say to everybody who listened last week to the first two episodes, thank you. Um, keep listening. Uh, it's going to get better. I still got to work the kinks out. Um, I am new at this. Well, not, and here's the thing. I keep saying I'm new at this, but I'm not new at podcasting. I've been a podcaster for over, for about six months uh, on the wrestling podcast, but that's not solo. That's, you know, me and four other guys, three other guys. But this is, you know, the solo podcast is different. Um, I got to figure out things to talk about. So bear with me, guys. Just keep with me. I promise it's going to get better. So I will also want to say thank you to last week's sponsor of the episode, uh, Kate Couture Sweets. Now, my wife kind of got on me a little bit because... I didn't reach out to my friend Shania and let her know that I was going to talk about her podcast, talk about her uh, cake business on my podcast. And here it is a week later. And I'm like, oh, man, I probably should do that. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, let's go ahead and like, yo, I talked about your, your cakes on my podcast last week. Um, so um, I want to get in. Uh, I want to use that as a segue to get into this week's pie, uh, sponsor. Uh, relaxed by Jay Mace. Um, now, fellas, I know y'all all have been in a spot where, you know, you want to get your girl something, you want to get your mom something, you want to get your sister something nice, but you may look at your wallet and, oh man, can't really afford to get nothing flashy. And ladies, I know you probably, you know, looked at your man like, hey, you could use some jewelry, but I know you're not flashy or anything like that, so I'll get you something different well the place to get that something different is relaxed by jay mace my homeboy johnny has been making these custom bracelets um beaded bracelets for a while now and they're inexpensive um they, they look good um they feel good all premium materials i have four myself uh, my wife has two my mom i got one for my mom for her birthday um so he go he man they really super high quality um so if you want to check him out, um, you can go to Facebook and search Relax by Jay Mace. That's J-M-A-S-E. 
Um, that once again, that is Relax by, oh, I'm sorry, not Dash. It's Relax by J. Mace. Relax, period, by J. Mace. So, uh, I'm going to share him, share uh, some of his pictures on my Facebook page, you know, so you guys can see. Um, but yeah, so now to get into the podcast. So, I told you guys that I have two regrets, one little, one big, right? So, my little uh, podcast, I mean, podcast, man, I'm sorry, my little regret, and I got to start, I got to be more focused, too, uh, I'm trying to do two things at once. Okay, so, my little regret is to do to the fact with, uh, so my kids are not raised in the city like I was. You know, I'm from the inner city. I'm from the hood. Um, and being raised in the inner city meant that I went to school with mostly black kids. Um, as, as a matter of fact, I can recall it was maybe one white girl in elementary school from like first to third grade. And then I didn't go to school with another white person until maybe my 10th grade year. And it was like, maybe two white kids at central at that point. Um, but yeah, so I didn't grow up around white people. The only time we saw white people really was like when the insurance guy came into the hood, you know, and, or, or if we went out to the suburbs. So being raised in the inner city, meaning I went to all black, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school. So we learned, you know, about black history and, you know, a lot of the stuff is the stuff that, you know, textbooks taught us, which, you know, there's so much more out there than what your textbooks teach you. Um, but, you know, we learned that and then we learned songs like, you know, we sang Lift Every Voice and Sing every morning in elementary school. Um, and, you know, that's considered the, the black national anthem and I'm using air quotes, but you know, my kids don't have that luxury. My kids don't really know their history. Um, so my little regret is a stab. I didn't establish, uh, that, you know, sense of like, you know, black identity or black culture, you know, with my kids early on. Um, so, you know, I, I was astonished when my son was in the fifth grade, you know, during Black History Month. I asked him, like, hey, man, are you guys learning anything about Black History Month? And his response was no. And I'm like, seriously, you know, nothing about Black History Month? He's like, no. And I, this kind of shocked me um, because now the school district is not overly white. It's more white kids than black kids. But I say it's probably like maybe a 60-40 margin or a 65-35 margin, which is a lot, you know. Um, but, you know, for them to not mention Black History Month once during the month of February, you know, this was two years ago, was kind of appalling to me. Um, but now my oldest daughter is in the fifth grade, and she said, you know, they did do uh, things to talk about Black History Month and celebrate Black History Month. Um in fifth grade now. Um, so my, you know, my small regret is the fact that I didn't instill a sense of black culture in my, in my kids, just because 
I, you know, I basically was going to rely on the school to do it. Like, you know, that was kind of how I got my identity established. Um, especially when it comes to, you know, I guess my blackness or my understanding of what it is to be black. Um, but you know, my kids don't have that luxury. So I just wish I would have started earlier on, you know, got them, you know, learning about our history, um, a lot, you know, younger because black people have a, a, a rich history on this planet and a rich history, you know, around the world. Um, and this, in this country, uh, you know, so I just wish that my kid, I would have not been lazy or had the wherewithal to, you know, just establish that in my kids' lives, you know, because you got actors, inventors, scientists, you know, astronauts, doctors, all these people that my kids could see the model. And, you know, I just totally let that slip. So I don't feel like it's too late, but I really kind of just need to get on the ball. So that is my one little regret. Um, my big regret though. And I really wish that my wife was still here. She got to go leave to pick up our girls from school. Um, and I blame this on her. I, I say, I wish, you know, she was here because I was going to have her on the show today. Um, because I blame this on her. So let me take you guys back to the year 2007. Jacksonville, Florida. I was still a, a member of the United States Navy. Um, and our ship was decommissioned. So I was on our aircraft carrier, the John F. Kennedy. Um, so when we... And the Kennedy had been in limbo for a while. At first we were going to decommissioned and we weren't then we were then we weren't so then finally you know they decided decommissioning was the thing that they were going to do um we all had to pick orders and when i say pick orders for those of you who aren't familiar with military terminology picking orders or a billet is you know just picking our next duty station so you know because um it was a, a kind of a hierarchy um it was kind of like, you know, the higher ranks you were, you got to pick the earliest. Um, so, uh, what happened was by the time I got, it was time for me to pick, you know, cause I wanted to stay in Jacksonville. My wife wanted to stay in Jacksonville. Um, by the time it was time for me to pick, um, wasn't any Jacksonville billets available. So, oh man, what are we going to do? I want to stay in the South. Like it down here. Robin likes it down here. Kids like it down here. So, what are we going to do? So, I went back to my chief. Like, chief, man, are you sure there's no Jacksonville billets down here? No Jacksonville spots down here at all? Nope. Sorry. Not. So, I decided to ask, you know, what's down here in the area? But still, you know, but, you know, not Jacksonville. Well, you can go to a CB battalion in Gulfport, Mississippi. Now, I'd only been in Mississippi one time, one other time in my life, and that was when I went to tech school, which, you know, we call in, in the Navy uh, A school. You know, and that was where we went to learn our job, um, 
and yeah, basically to learn our job more more things about the Navy. So um, my school was for two months. So I was down in uh, in Meridian, Mississippi, for two months. That's the reason why I have a Mississippi area code on my, for my uh, phone number, just because I have not changed it. I wanted to change it, but my wife was like, "I wanted to change it when we moved back up here." But Robin's like, "Oh, we everybody knows this number. We all got the same number, so you know why change it now?" I'm like, "All right, cool." You know, it's a theme. If you don't catch, you know, if you haven't caught it yet, my wife. I don't want to say influences a lot of my decisions, but she definitely has a, a role in them, especially when it's something you know, big, like where we're going to move the family. All right. So get back to, uh, you know, my wife and you know, they, they, one of the things that they did was they had you bring your spouse on the ship to, you know, make this, you know, decision together because it is a, a big decision. It's a, could be a life changing decision, a, a career changing decision. So, you know, my wife came on board. She's like, okay, Mississippi's fine. So, accept it, Gulfport, Mississippi. All right. So, my wife had, at this point, my wife had gone home, you know, went back to work. So, like an hour t- later, my chief runs up to me, not runs up to me, but catches me like, Mac, Macintosh, man, guess what I got for you? I got a guaranteed three year billet to Spain. It's going to be it's sea duty, so it counts as your sea duty. Um, then you go to shore duty right after that. Uh, you won't be on a ship. You know, you'll get paid extra money because you're overseas. You can take your family. Guaranteed three years. What do you think about it? Got to let me know right now. So I'm like, wow, chief. Man, that sounds great. I got to call my wife. You know, check her. You know, check what she has to say about it. He'll like, all right, go ahead. Call your wife. See what she says. So I called a wife and I'm like, babe, guess what just opened up a three year billet to Spain. And she, her response was Spain. My grandma can't, ain't going to fly to Spain. And I'm like, what? And she's like, my grandma's not going to fly to Spain. So reason behind that. So Robin's grandma uh, May, God rest her soul. She came down to visit us at least twice a year. Always took the bus, scared of flying. Um, so she came down with us um, about, uh, you know, uh, about twice a year, actually. She came down to visit us a lot because she had a ton of, like, you know, sick days and stuff. Not sick days, but, you know, paid time off at work. Um, it's so ironic that she was the secretary at the same building at my at the same school that my mom taught at for years. And Robin and I had never run into each other until one fateful day at, at Walgreens where I was working. Um, so I was like, Robin, are you serious? Guaranteed three years is my C duty, you know, get extra pay. Y'all could come too. you know, the kids get raised over there. Da, 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 da. My grandma can't fly to Spain, can't drive to Spain. And I was just defeated, man. I was like, are you serious? Like, you passing up this great opportunity because 
you know, May can't come. You know, we can fly home once a year, something like that. You know, see May. My grandma cannot drive to Spain. I'm like, all right. So I go to my chief. Chief, wife said no, because her grandma ain't going to fly to Spain. He said, are you sure, Mac? Guaranteed three years. And it counts as your sea duty. And you won't have to be on a ship. Guaranteed three years. I'm like, chief, I want to. But the old ball and chain is keeping me chained to the States. Oh, all right. So the reason why I say, you know, why I count that as a regret is because for you guys that don't know, um, when I was in the Navy, I didn't get kicked out of the Navy, but I basically have a medical code that says I'm no longer fit for sleep, sea duty because I have sleep apnea. Um, and because I have obstructive sleep apnea, I sleep with a CPAP machine. And it's just an electric machine that uh, shoots air down my nostrils just to make sure that all the my skin and muscles don't collapse on each other and suffocate me while I sleep. You know, all that in my throat. So I say that as a regret because, you know, I have this code that I can't reenlist because I have this medical condition that, you know, I'm not fit for sea duty. That's what it was. I wasn't fit for sea duty. And I was bitter at the Navy for a long time because it was a civilian lady handling my checkout. Um, she did not make me aware of this code until the day I checked out on leave. You know, so all this time I've been talking to my chief, like, chief, you know, I'm going to take these two and a half, three weeks of leave. And if I can't, you know, find a job, I can, you know, reenlist, right? He said, Mac, you have until midnight of your last day in the Navy to reenlist. Great. Great. Cool. So as I'm checking out to go on leave and now the civilian lady, I don't remember her name, but her face stays in my head because I was just that pissed. So I can't remember her name, but she goes on, you know, vacation for like five days, like the week, a week and a half before my transfer, before my leave and doesn't tell me anything. She doesn't tell anybody else anything, doesn't pass my file off to anybody else and I'm like yo man what the hell so it's like man now what am I going to do so I can't re-enlist in the Navy you know I have no job no place to go so Robin and I made the decision to come back up here to Michigan and that was that so the reason why I regret that decision is because had I taken that three year billet to Spain it was a guaranteed three years. So I was already in for five. So that would have been three more years. I'm sorry. At that point, I had been in for four. So that would have been three more years. That would have been seven years. Plus, right after that, I would have gone straight to shore duty for three years. So I would have been able to be at 10 years. 10 years in the Navy. But I only ended up with five because of that one decision. And so my wife, I, you know, I kind of tease her a lot. But uh, really, it's not me teasing, it's me being truthful. You know, my wife is like, oh, you know, you went on this deployment and you got to see places all over the world. And, you know, I've never been able to travel before, blah, blah, blah. And my response is always, well, 
That's your fault. We could have lived in Spain for three years. But you chose not to. So yeah, you know, for for a long time, I was really salty because I was just like, well, I was salty at the fact that, you know, my Navy career ended the way it did. And I just felt like it was the whole thing was mishandled. I got my credit, man. Yo, your boy had a 715 credit score. And because the lady went on, you know, leave and didn't, and went on vacation, didn't, you know, pass my file off to anybody else, that screwed up my, my moving work. So in the military, you get two types of moves. You get a move where the military moves you, you just give them a destination, they come, you pack up your stuff, but they come move it all, and, um, and, uh, they move it to whatever city you're going to, but when you get out, I believe it's like home of record. You can, it get, you, you can have them send it, send your stuff to either your home of record, which mine was Detroit, or... Uh, wherever your next destina- destination is going to be. So if I would have moved back to Jacksonville, they would have moved me back to Jacksonville. They also have a di- what's called a Diddy move where you pack up everything and move it yourself and they pay you for it. So I'm like, all right, you know, I don't have a job. So we're going to need the cash. You know, we could get, you know, a U-Haul and drive it from Mississippi to Detroit, you know, for cheaper than what they're going to pay me. So I can just collect the cash and, you know, we'll have a, a, a nice little sum to start with. Now, at this point, we only had two kids, you know, Robin's Aunt Cheryl let us come move in with us. Shout out to Auntie Cheryl. Um, rent free while we both got on our feet. Um, and it was us and two kids. Um, So I opted for the Diddy move. So I'm like, all right, man. So what the way the Diddy move works is. They give you like five thousand dollars, and they give you t- like twenty five hundred up front, and then twenty five hundred, you know, after you arrive to your destination to like cover any expenses. So I didn't get paid. You know, they didn't give me anything, and I'm like, yo, I'm supposed to be leaving, you know, three four days, and I haven't gotten anything for my Diddy move yet. You know, I already got this truck. You know, what I'm saying I'm blowing through my money, so. And it was like nobody cared. So I was like super bitter at the Navy. And I had to fight for two months just to recoup what I had spent once I got back up to Detroit and went blew through all of our savings, you know, missed payments on things. So my credit score, which was sitting pretty, man, looking at 715, dropped all the way to like 500, you know, 500 credit score. And... It's like, damn, bro. The Navy could have, like, done me better than this. You know, man, F the Navy because the Navy treated me wrong. And I was just slandering the Navy, man. But you know what? I miss it. I really, really miss it. Um, And it's my fault. Because I let, you know, this one little thing. And look, man, May helped us out a lot. And May was always great company. Other than the fact that she hated me seasoning, you know, food extra. She like, yo, does this have garlic powder on it? You know, I only like salt and pepper on my food. And it was just, that was, so, uh, that was a little back and forth that we used to have to go through. You know, when she would come over and she would have to eat. But I loved May's company. 
she sat and watched, you know, like the, her judge shows all day. Um, you know, kind of just stayed out the way, hung out with the kids, watched the kids and stuff like that. Cause Robin wasn't working at the time, but you know, may still allowed us to, you know, have some time by ourselves. And she would come and stay for like three weeks at a time, you know, but man, I just feel like I would have at least been at 10 years. If I could do it all over again, I would have been like, you know what, Rob, I understand what you mean about May. You know, and we can fly back, you know what I'm saying, once a year, twice a year, or something like that. But for my career, this is the best move for me. Because, you know, you get to a point where a lot of people say, oh, man, I'm just going to do my four years and get out. I'm just going to do my four years and get out. And now everybody who I know that said that, all my friends that said that, you know, they did eight. Because... When you sign that military contract, you have to do at least eight years, you know, and that usually is for four years active duty, four years reserve duty. And the only the only benefit, I guess, if you call it a benefit of my condition is I got out of having to, you know, serve my reserve duty. But that was a mistake, too. I I I chose not to do the reserves because I was pissed. You know, because I'm, I'm like, you know, I can still reenlist. And I remember it, like I'm playing it back in my head now. I said, so I can reenlist up until midnight of my last day, right? Which was August 18th, 2008. And she said, no, sorry. You have this code that says you're not fit for sea duty. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, this code right here, because you have sleep apnea, you're no longer fit for sea duty. And... I had to grit my teeth to keep from going off because nobody told me this. This was the first time I'm hearing it. Mind you, I'm just about to leave to go on leave, you know, try to find a job, you know, try to find a home. You know, we wanted to go back to Jacksonville, but we just couldn't. So I said, I can't reenlist. She said, no, I'm sorry. You can still join the reserves though. I'm like, nah, I'm good. I just turned and locked up, walked off, you know. So, other than that, man, like now I'm 36 years old. I try not to have regrets. Um, I try. That's why I started the podcast because I feel like I have stories to tell, and I want to tell the stories of other dads. And I had to go ahead and do this, or else I would regret it. You know, at first it was, you know, get my culinary degree try to cook at the highest level possible, be master super chef or whatever. But those guys killed themselves. And I was used to spending, even being in the military, being on deployments and things like that, being away, I was still used to time with my kids. And once you start living that chef life where you're at work, you know, 9, 10, 12, 15, 16 hours a day, I'm like, um, you know, when am I going to see my kids? Like the first chef job I had, the first cook job I had was at a banquet hall in Shelby Township. Beautiful banquet hall. Beautiful. I'm not going to slander the place, but it was no cooking whatsoever, really, because we, I mean, we did prep work. Like, I mean, the ungodly amount of potatoes we had to peel on a daily basis was crazy, you know. But it was a beautiful place, good people, but 
we didn't do really any cooking. We just put grill marks on the steaks and flash fried chicken because the owners bought, spent like 200000 on three ovens that did all the cooking for us. So it was kind of like, uh, yo, I got to get out of here. I want to I wanna actually cook. So applied for a job at Olive Garden. You know, I just went on Craigslist going through jobs. Applied for a job at Olive Garden. You know, interviewed at Olive Garden. They were loving me. Blah, blah, blah. So then this other job comes up. And it's Roadside Bar and Grill. So I interview there. You know, worked for six, three and a half years at Roadside Bar and Grill. And it was just like, yo, this is cool, but I need something more. I just wanted something more. I felt like I had to put myself out there and step out there to try something different. Or else I would regret it. So I did. And I ended up, you know, wishing I would have never left Roadside. So then I called my old boss, got back in the company, and started working at Beverly Hills Grill. And did not enjoy my time there, to say the least. Um, And that's when I realized that, look, man, I'm accustomed to living a certain way. I'm accustomed to being able to go to things that my my kids participate in, be it programs. You know, I was able to coach. You know, I was able to take my Zumba classes, spend time with my wife. But I wasn't able to do that. And I just got to a point where I was like, man. I got. I want to start living my life on my own terms, so I don't have regrets. So it's part of the reason why I decided to start podcasting. You know, so I'm gonna end it on this. If you got dreams, you know, if you got look, man, everybody is scared to do something. Everybody is scared to do something, no matter what. But you got to think. Can you honestly live with yourself if you have a dream, you have a big idea, and you just let it sit and never try to accomplish it? I couldn't live with, you know, those regrets. So um, so that's all the time I have for the, for the day, guys. Um, once again, I want to thank everybody who took the time to listen to last week's podcast. Um, download, share, like. So couple places you can find me if you want to chat. You can always shoot me a message on Facebook. Uh, the Black Dad Chronicles is the name. Um, you can find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Black Dad Cron. That's capital B. It's a capital D and Dad. C and Cron. C-H-R-O-N. Only because Twitter wouldn't let me spell out Chronicles. Um, you can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud. Now listen to the podcast on YouTube. Just search, you know, my name on YouTube, Courtney McIntosh. Um, you can find me on Spreaker.com. Spreaker is a podcast site, and my podcast is powered by Spreaker. Um, so that's all. You can find me on Google Plus at Black Dad Chronicles. You can shoot me an email if you have a topic that you want me to go over or you want to discuss. BlackDadCron at gmail.com. Um, and if you know me, if you're my close personal friend, you can always call me, shoot me a text, you know, shoot me a Facebook message on my personal Facebook page. Anybody can shoot me a Facebook pe- message on my personal Facebook page. So, oh, you can find me on Instagram too at Black Dad Chronicles. But uh, once again, I want to thank the sponsor of today's show, Relax by Jay Mace. Hit him up for your custom bracelets, beads, all that good stuff. 
That's my time for this week. School's out.